All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about going pro. This is like the dream of so many, the fantasy of so many. I saw a survey the other day on Facebook, one of the board game guilds, uh, board game design guilds of asking people why they do this. And so many people hit that option of, I want to do this full time. I don't want to do this as a hobby. I want to make money. I want to eke out a living doing this. And you've done that. So first of all, tell me kind of what made you want to go pro as opposed to just doing it on the side. And then after that, let's get into like how in the world you did it. So why, why in the world do you want to do full-time anyway? Perhaps more pragmatic of an answer than you might expect, but uh, really just to get away from the 70, 80 hour weeks, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to do this, which I love and also hold down uh, what was my full-time job in radio. That's just, there's long weeks, you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily like there was a busy season. Um, I was only getting more busy on the side with, with uh, rule books. So it was just sort of a, you know, talked it over with my wife and trying to figure out uh, when do I just make that jump, uh, you know, to, to doing it full time. So we decided that, that was going to be end of October. So November 1st, I was just sitting on my couch thinking, doing this full time now. <laughs> that, that's the, kind of the funny thing. It's no, you know, there wasn't like a big parade. You didn't cut a ribbon or anything. It's like, all right, now I'm, now I'm full time. But what went into that decision? Like when you're talking to your wife about it, when you're really looking at the finances or whatever you, you know, whatever you looked at, what went into that decision? A lot of it was, you know, kind of trying to project the state of the industry going forward and also the uh, clientele that I was building up, you know. Uh, am, will I be able to garner enough work to make this viable full-time? Obviously, at, at part-time, it was just simply, you know, bonus income on the side, which is great, but trying to do that full-time in the absence of another, uh, you know, stream of income. Um, so a lot of that was me slowly kind of testing out the market with, when I first decided to actually start charging people for editing, which is about two and a half years ago now. And I decided to start out, with, it was basically just a nominal fee. And when I started doing that, it was almost more of just, a, um, let's just make sure you're serious, you know, yeah. rather than just like, oh, if someone's going to give me free advice, cool. Mm -hmm. I may or may not take it. But if you're giving me, you know, 50, 100 bucks, which is what my nominal fee kind of was back then, then at least I feel like you're serious. But then, you know, when I started leading into the idea that could I make this work full time or even just, you know, what 70, 80 hour weeks, I probably ought to be, you know, valuing my time a little bit better and trying to establish rates that the market would bear and that are fair. So once I kind of had that going and then sort of seeing the jobs were only ramping up, we, you know, we did, we did look into, you know, we, this house, you, you, you referenced that during the, the main part of the episode, we just moved in here in September. Mm -hmm. uh, we lived in an apartment since we got married. Uh, for We'd been there for about five years. And I waited to go full time, of course, until uh, until we had that mortgage secured. Because, of <laughs> course, uh, the banks are going to look at, oh, this guy is full time doing what now? Right. Self-employed. So <laughs> so that was uh, a hurdle that we had to get past was uh, getting all that done before I could officially make the jump. And then, of course, I, I doubt any of this would be viable in our current climate, you know, if my wife wasn't working full time and not, not just working full time, but she's a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so of course, teachers have, uh, typically, uh, great benefits in the U S. And so, uh, without, you know, the, the insurance package and stuff that they provide, if I'm just being hundred percent candid, I would never would have done this, mm -hmm. uh, never would have attempted to do it. So the fact that she had that, um, and that, I mean, she's a great teacher and, you know, foresees herself doing that for a while. That that gave me the leeway to to experiment and try to be entrepreneurial, and of course that's a a common tale, right? Uh, that's sort of the the prevailing wisdom in today's market is, 
if you want to be entrepreneurial, it really helps if you got a spouse who's uh, full-time employed with someone who offers benefits. So that's definitely made this possible for us. Yeah. All right. So talk to me about what you're doing now to kind of set yourself up for success this, you know, this year, 2018, you know, coming up, uh, what you're doing and, and you're writing rule books and a lot of people listen to this, they're wanting to design games full time. And that's obviously different, but what are some of the basic things you're doing right now to really set yourself up? So you are making a living and you're able to do this 2018, 2019 and for the foreseeable future. A big part of it, I would say, is uh, make sure you're active in the circles that you, that you want to, you know, be working with. If that's, uh, you know, board game publishers, if you're a designer and you're thinking, hey, I need to, you know, uh, you need to be you need to be talking to them. You need to be showing up where they are if if that's within your means. Go to conventions, that sort of thing. So, you know, I've been trying to do that from my end, as even though I'm not a designer pitching games, I'm a I'm a rubric editor, but I I want to be top of mind i want people to you know know who i am so trying to plot out like a couple of conventions to go to every year you know that are good for that meet up with current and prospective clients of mine um i also find uh you know we talked a lot about twitter but uh, i just find that such an invaluable source so i'll continue to harp on that you know the fact that i try to be there in that space talking to people you know it's one of those things everyone i think has an eye roll moment for that that publisher who like doesn't tweet at all except for uh when their kickstarter launches and all of a sudden they're in your feed constantly you know uh and you and you think you haven't really earned that place uh you haven't really been here engaging with me but now you want me to engage with you and give Um, you money yeah yeah (laughs) yeah engage with you financially too so so if you're there engaging with people all the time you know then i think people realize that uh you're that that's how this all started for me right was i I wanted to help out realize oh i got a skill uh, people might have use for this, so let me help out. And so, I find that I find that really fun. I try to I try to tweet at least a couple times a week with like a hashtag rulebook tip, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and just a couple of like couple sentences on something in particular. Usually, it stems from like a, a, a problem I just butted up against uh, in a particular project, and I think, ah, this was a good solution for that. Let me share that out. So, I try to be top of mind with people. I think uh, is part of my game plan for success in 2018 going to conventions definitely another part of that game plan and then just having good uh you know good financial practices as i can as a, a self-employed freelancer making sure that i'm invoicing people correctly and on time and and doing those sorts of things too yeah some great advice i heard a while back that i've really just tried to keep at the forefront of my mind is the best way to get what you want the best way to get where you want to go is to help others get where they want to go Right. Because when you're helping other people, they want to help you back. It's this really interesting thing we do as humans is that when someone scratches our back, we want to scratch theirs. That's just kind of the way that it is. And so that's one of the reasons, I mean, I even know who you are, right? Because you're putting all these tips out on on Twitter and I follow you and I've learned a lot and it's helped me become a better rule book writer and designer. And so when I was coming up, you know, with ideas for new shows, I was like, I need to write, I need to do a podcast on rule books. Oh, I, I know the guy for that. Right. You're the first one on the list. And so that's just kind of how this whole industry and really the world in general works. And so if you're listening to this, get out there and help people figure out ways to contribute. It doesn't have to be much. Again, one you know thing on Twitter here every couple of days and just kind of putting things out and giving people advice or ideas or engaging with them about the colors of their new you know components and just say, hey, you know, the yellow and the green or whatever, just helping people because they're probably going to be inclined to help you in return. Any other advice for somebody wanting to go pro or really thinking, gosh, I want to do that? How do they attain that dream? What would you tell them? Uh, this is, you know, we, we had talked a little bit about psychology in the main episode, but, uh, 
it's also just a matter of, of staying connected yeah. to the people you know who are who are like you as far as uh, the hobby you share and, and the interests. So so that's huge for me. I mean, I do have a local game group, but uh, you know anybody who's who's going to do something full time, right? I mean, you don't have an office with coworkers anymore unless you're a big publisher and you're you know can hire on local help kind of a thing. But you know that's just a great way to keep yourself sane Monday through Friday. You know be engaging with your community online. I mean, I almost, I almost see the people I engage with regularly on Twitter as like a, an extended family of mine, you know? And so times when I don't see folks from my game group or my wife's gone for a conference on a weekend or something, I'm like, Oh, well, I can just, I can, you know, chat up with some people online and uh, like you're saying, help them out with their stuff, cheer them on as I see the successes they're having in the industry. Yep. Um, it's just a, it, it's a great, uh, a great way to keep your morale up and, I think that's almost as vital as anything as far as, uh, you know, you think of like going full time freelance. And of course, the first thought in everybody's mind is like financial solvency. Can you do it? You know, um, but there's there's so many other impacts there as well. And that's a great way to avoid some of the potential pitfalls, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Dustin, again, really appreciate all the advice, all the wisdom and insight. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. And, and good luck with everything you got going on. Thank you, Gabe. This has been a, a real pleasure. I appreciate being on the podcast and uh yeah, I hope I hope some folks get some good use out of this. And uh, if, you know, if you want my help, of course, uh, with your rule book, that's great. If not, you know, just uh, make it great. That's what the industry needs: more great rule books. I, of course, can't do them all, right? So everybody's <laughs> got to get a little bit better, and then uh, the whole industry rising rising tide floats all ships. So yeah, absolutely. Well, cool, man. Have a good one. Thanks.